a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. For the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz win. They beat the Hornets 119 111. Coach Combe, you've dubbed it the Taylor Horton Tucker game, the THT game, if you will. 37 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, 9. But I'll add this because uh, it's been an issue for Taylor in the past. Only three turnovers. He was 14 of 24 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 7 of 8 at the line. What a game. And you remember we talked early on because he he really had some amazing stuff uh, when he first got here. But he's a little bit raw. And you could see a lot of you know high-risk, high-reward plays. I think what Coach Hardy and his, their staff has been, have been able to do is be able to dial that back a little bit and, and certainly have more efficiency. Uh, you know, and, and the plays that he makes more efficient, but still that upside, and that's what we saw tonight. We should make them shut the door, Coach, not us. Uh, <laughs> Coach Gov is sliding over to the door of the studio to uh, to close it because we've got some loud neighbors who also have the door open. But it, it has been a little warm in here. They're, uh, I think, working on the, the heat. So apologies to all the listeners. You can't handle there. the heat. Get out of the studio. <laughs> Well, the Jazz win. The Jazz were hot. Taylor Horton Tucker was hot. What a game from him. And you know what? He does. He has a, a ton of potential. Um, it's raw is a good way to put it. I think he's, you know, is he a point guard? I think that's a big question. Like we were watching a little bit of the TV broadcast tonight, and they had Trevor Booker sit in with, with Bowler and Thurl and, and talk for a while, and he was talking about how he likes – Taylor Horton Tucker as a point guard. And I don't think that's been the smoothest transition. It's certainly what the Jazz need him to do right now. Uh, but maybe he's getting it. Maybe it's clicking because tonight was was something special. Yeah, so the last two nights he had 17 assists and only five turnovers. And so it, it, his vision's great. And you see often him, he'll see cutters. Um, you know, he's one of those guys we talk often about a guy who can make a point A to point B pass, and that's about in his repertoire. And then there's guys that see all five players. And Horton Tucker does have great vision. It's just been his ability to slow down enough to to make the play. And 
whatever the the development's been that this we've seen you know what behind the scenes it's definitely been a a huge thing for him this year and i could see him totally you know in a, in a day and age of tra- uh, positionless basketball definitely like a ron harper type you know that used to kind of share the oh duty, interesting bring it yeah. up initiate from time to time but interesting it gives you a different you know just a different guy that isn't a quote-unquote a point guard, but can help do those jobs. But you know what I like about it, though? Also a really big guard that used his size really to to his advantage, Ron Harper. A really good defender. I don't know if Talon is quite the defender old Ron was back in his day, but uh, I like it. Yeah, and I mean, you know that— I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Just Uh the interchangeable, just having a guy that can do those things from time to time. What his role could be. No, 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 I totally get it. I'm intrigued by the comp. I like NBA comps are interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Talon was was terrific tonight. We heard on the walk-off from uh, Walker Kessler, who was also awesome. I thought uh, Locke was funny uh, where he opened up the interview. He said, you know, you only went 17 and 16, not to mention three block shots, but we're going to talk about somebody else. But that shows you how great Talon was tonight because Walker was, was really enthusiastic, obviously, in, in talking about him. But Walker Kessler uh, continues to be um, – I, I don't even think about him as a rookie anymore. No, he's played his way through that. And, you know, the, the opportunity he's had this year to come in, uh, learn early on. And then, you know, we saw, you know, Mike Smith obviously talked about him really early, but we saw the makings of, of what is now with Walker. And to me, the sky's the limit because the offensive side of this thing is still, you know, to be shown. Uh, but you have to remember he was an offensive guy growing up. You know, it's it's the way that he kind of learned the game. So he he's a much better scorer and shooter than we even imagined. But things he's doing like tonight, changing the game, making the rim so hard for Charlotte. That's that's a lot on Walker. Yeah, Charlotte had their worst game at the rim. Uh, we should hit that stat all night. Worst game at the rim of their entire season. That's right. Dead dead last. Eleven for twenty seven <clears throat> from from the rim. At the rim. 11 of 27. Standing there. Well south of 50%. Yeah, it's 40.7 if you want to get exact. Wow, almost 10 points south of 50%. That's that's pretty wild. What a what a game. And I just saw this. Let me drop it real quick. Taylor Horton Tucker over his last three games, uh, averaging 27 points on 64% true shooting percentage, five rebounds, and 7.3 assists. You know what I like about it? And this is true with several jazz players uh right now and throughout the season how about take advantage of an opportunity you know what i mean the the, the jazz are a little short on guards right now Taylor, lest we forget uh coach was out of the rotation for significant parts of of this season couldn't get on the floor you know the jazz make some moves they look long term you know they they move some players a, a guy like mike conley who's who's so good and gonna play and, and handle the ball and all of a sudden there's a role to be had there's an opportunity, and man, it's I like seeing people take a take step up, take advantage of it. You know, go out and play well. Uh, Talon had that run of a few games where he was really turning the ball over at a big clip. He talked about it in the in the post game, if uh, if you remember, and to not be scared to still be aggressive, I think is is a good thing. And you're right, his vision's there. He just needs to hone it in a little bit, and I don't think you could do it any better than he did tonight. Yeah, you're you're going to give up some, you know, you're not going to be perfect out there. So you're going to have a couple of turnovers anyway. And as much as he handled it, um, you know, one late turnover where he got up in the air, you know, he doesn't yeah. do it as much. 
but he drove it and jumped and got in the air, and you're just limited. You have to make a decision before you come down, and unfortunately, gravity's a thing. So um, he just had to throw it, and it was a turnover, but there's far less of the, far less of those and definitely more, you know, those proactive half-court plays and things. The, high, the high-end stuff from him is phenomenal. It really is. Gravity. That Sir Isaac Newton was on to something. That apple. Dad gum apple. It <laughs> came down off that tree. I uh, know, but it's really true. That uh, I almost want to not count that turnover, even though that probably counts the most, but it's like it's a silly turnover at the end of the shot clock where you're right, he got caught up in the air and, and made a turnover. Um, and only, you know, 10 assists to three turnovers, you'll take that. Five turnovers over two games. And, and tonight he played 32 minutes. He probably had the ball half the game tonight and only three turnovers. And obviously his teammates... Uh, we're really looking to feed him and put him in good positions. I think that's why Walker Kessler was so excited to talk about him in the post game, and uh, he he deserved it tonight. And there there was little to no resistance at the rim. I mean, he was able to get wherever he wanted to get, and you know, so there's there's a little bit of a Charlotte factor here because it didn't look like to me that Charlotte is that intent on competing that hard tonight. Um, but the bottom line is a competitor. You take the ball and take it wherever you can get it. And the Jazz, from the start, were the aggressor. They lost a little ground when they subbed and lost a little momentum, but they got it back, and uh, a great win by the Jazz tonight. We can talk more about Charlotte uh, as the show goes along, but they didn't obviously ball, didn't play tonight. There wasn't a whole lot of aggression there. I'm surprised how much Gordon Hayward has has slipped. Wow, yeah. Um, you know, this is a you know if you're him on this team, this is a game you'd think he'd be, you know, out there really producing tonight. Let's see what uh, Gordon's final line was: eleven points, four assists, three rebounds. And I maybe it's maybe it's not it's left him physically. I don't know, but I don't. You know, Charlotte Charlotte really needs the number one pick is what they need. Yeah, they do. They need the number one pick in, in the worst way. Um, and we'll wait. We're not far away from deciding that, so we'll see soon. But um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's an interesting thing comparing the two franchises. The Jazz obviously just kind of dipping their toe in the rebuild. So it's uh, it's interesting. All right, let's get back to Charlotte. It's time to hear from Coach Hardy. Winning in, in this league is very hard. Winning on the road is very hard. Um, I thought, again, our guys as a team really competed for the entire 48 minutes. Um, when you get up big in an NBA game with the, th- the three-point shot and – the pace of play, big leads can go away quickly. Um, you know, they made a 10, 12 point run to cut the lead down to about eight, I think is what it got to. And our guys just stayed the course, responded, um, made some big plays down the stretch. Obviously, um, you know, we did a good job as a team protecting the paint. They had 36 points in the paint, but, you know, credit to Charlotte, they made 17 threes tonight and shot the ball great. Um, as far as our team goes, from an individual standpoint, we had a lot of people play good games. Um, you know, Lowry struggled from the floor tonight, and I thought his teammates um, really responded and, and played good basketball. I thought Lowry played a good game, like in terms of the shots he was taking, the looks he was getting, the attacking that he was doing. He just didn't convert many. Um Walker was 17 and 16 was huge, but very clearly uh, the story of the game is is Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I am incredibly hard on Taylor. I have been all season. Um, he knows that that 
is because I believe in him, um, in his talent, his ability. He's still young. He just turned 22, and he has some real physical gifts that were on display tonight, driving the ball downhill. Um, had his best game of mixing, attacking to score and attacking to find his teammates um, with being one rebound away from a triple-double. He uh, he was spectacular. And it's, it's not a little thing um, how he's approached this season. He has not always gotten what he wanted. Um, he had moments where he was out of the rotation during this season, and he's never complained. He's worked really, really hard every day. Um, he's done a great job with our development group and assistant coaches, um, you know, Evan Brads and, and his crew, um, of just trying to get better every day. And he's taken hard coaching from me, and I'm just really happy to see him have some success like this in a, in a big game um, when Lowry wasn't playing great and we needed somebody to step up. Um, JC and Colin are out. Like, he just – all the hard work showed tonight, and that's not a little thing. Like, he's he's dug in this season and um, couldn't be happier for him. Like, we're, we're very proud that he's a part of our program, and the way that he's gone about this season um, from a work standpoint, um, from a patient standpoint, and competing and controlling what he can control every day, like, that's what we want to be about Um in Utah like that's what we want the program to be about and he he embodies that so um, really happy for Taylor I wish he had gotten one more rebound when you look at how he started this world trip in terms of the game management aspects of the position and where he is where he was tonight it's kind of night and day how are you see been able to progress just not only from that but from the beginning of the season to now to the administrative parts of, of being a point guard just making yeah, he's he works at it really hard, and he watches a lot of film. And like I said, he takes he takes coaching very well. He's he's trying to get better. Um, you know, Taylor will be the first person to tell you that he holds himself to a high standard. And he knew that those first couple games of the trip that wasn't what he wants to be. Um, but again, the NBA is really hard. These are the best basketball players in the world, and the NBA can can have its moments where it makes you look bad. Um, you're a little bit off kilter. You're a little bit out of rhythm, and you don't play great, and all of a sudden the game can get away from you. And, you know, I think he hasn't been overly emotional about tough games. He's just put his head down and kept working. And, um, you know, he's he's obviously been put into this starting role lately with after the, the trades and some injuries. Um so it's, it's a little bit new in that way, but Taylor's a hell of a basketball player. And, again, he just turned 22. So, like, he has a lot of room to grow. Um, I know we've talked about that a lot with, with some guys on our team. Um, but he hasn't overreacted to when he's had tough moments. He's just looked at it and said, hey, here's the things that I can control. Um, here's the areas that I can try to improve in my decision-making. Um, and he's gone out and, and just tried to do that every night. And it's nice to see him string two good games together. Um, you know, consistency is so key in this league if you want to be a top player. So 
um, you know, he gets he gets all the credit. Like our job as coaches is to try to help him, try to support him, try to put him in spots where he can be successful. Um, let him know that we we have belief in him, and he's the one that's doing the hard work, and he's the one that's making it happen out there on the court. So um, the credit goes to Taylor. Yeah, I think he's um, he's just a he understands what's real and what's not. Um, he understands that so far to date in the NBA, he hasn't necessarily gotten what he's wanted. Um, he wants to play more. He wants to be in the rotation. He wants to be a key player and. He's just tried to to control the parts that he can control. Um, but yeah, at, at that age, to have that level of maturity, to understand that you might not always get what you want. All right, there you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy. His uh, post game comments, a lot of good things to say about Taylor Horton Tucker. We'll get into that in more depth coming up right around the corner uh, for those of you sticking around with us. For those network stations, we will say good night to you. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Monday night. The Jazz take on the Heat Miami. Again, we'll tip off at uh, 5.30. Uh, for those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound for you as well. Jazz win tonight, 119-111. to 111. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. For the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Oh, man. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach, Tim LaCombe, Jazz win 119 to 111 over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Post game is brought to you, of course, by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Coach Combe, we just heard from Coach Hardy. Uh, Hardy and I, I thought his comments on, on Taylor Horton Tucker were, were really interesting as uh, Taylor was great tonight, 37 
10 assists and nine rebounds, but I thought he, he talked about how hard he coaches Talon. I thought that was pretty fascinating that uh, he picked tonight to kind of give us a glimpse that, that he coaches Talon hard and uh, it's really paying off for him. Well, it's paying off for, for Talon. It's also the fact that he's coachable and he said that, I think that's a huge piece, but you know, if you're a young guy out there listening and you know, you wish your coach would pay more attention to you go out there and do all those things that, the coach asks you to do rebound and guard and, and fly around, um, you know, but what Talon has, he's, he's got, a, he's got a little extra. And I think coaches see that and he knows, you know, I think that, that will knows that there's probably some opportunity to find efficiency in his game. And they certainly have done a great job of it throughout the year, but awesome to see it kind of all come together tonight. Um, you know, get that 37 points, which he knew he was cooking from the beginning. His assist game was so beautiful uh, passes ahead, simple plays, easy lobs, um, and then, you know, one rebound away, my man, from a triple-double. Let's get back to Charlotte and hear from Kelly Olenek. Offense or defense fuels the offense, so that makes a big difference when you get going. Yeah, I mean, it was big for us today, you know, get out and run a little bit, get some stops, you know, get some easy ones. You know, you don't have to you know, diagram everything and execute everything and work work for everything. You know, once you get a couple easy ones, it makes the, the game flow a lot better for you. Is this what's flipped in this road trip, these last two games, just early starts? But look, you've gotten seven players in double figures last night and five tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely those starts have been huge for us the last two games. Um, you know, just coming out swinging, um, you know, making some shots, getting some stops, and you know, just not worrying about having to play from behind or, you know, just getting into a rhythm of the game and, um, you know, having the bench and everybody else follow. KO, less turnovers, plus you've dominated the boards tonight and the second chance points. You put that all together and a lot of good things happen. That's a good recipe right there. Yeah, if we could emulate that every game, you know, we'll be in good shape. Real quick, THT, he was, dynam- he was dynamite. I mean, what did you see tonight? He, he flirted with a triple-double. Yeah, he was, just, he was spectacular. You know, he did everything, uh, you know, and more. Um, you know, made plays, made the right passes, you know, was on the glass. Um, anytime we needed a big shot, some, um, I was to come up in the clutch, he was he was there, and um, you no, know, he did it for four quarters. Um, you no, know, there was no lull in his game, which was huge. And um, you know, he carried us this tonight to this win. Before we cut you loose, the starting five, you guys have been pieced together, but it seems like you're really starting to build a lot of confidence and continuity. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we finally got in a couple games, you know, together. You know, obviously after the trade deadline, you know, we we were with, you know, Colin was obviously playing with us for the first three or four games, and then that, you know, switched up. You know, he was at a lineup, and Jordan was at a lineup, and um, it's tough to just, you know, kind of piece lineups together and, you know, expect it to just click like that. But I think, you know, now that we've had a few games together, you, know, you can see the cohesiveness and, you know, how we can, you know, play off each other and complement each other, and, you know, it's it's coming together. All right. On to Miami. Thanks, K.O. I appreciate you All right, there you go. Kelly Olenek uh, talking a lot about Taylor Horton Tucker, obviously the biggest story of the night, but uh, Kelly himself was uh, terrific. 17 points, six boards, had a steal coach, seven of nine shooting two of three from three. I mean, that's a, that's a really nice night from Kelly. And what he does, he just, he is like Lowry allows the offense to flow a big guy that can step out and catch, relieve pressure, um, drive if he needs to, shot fake, create an advantage, uh, and then all the other things, his ability to pass and see the floor rebound. Um, he gets his share, his money's worth on fouls too. I would say he you know, he drew a nice one tonight. Yeah, and, and he actually missed, they missed a foul, um, an egregious foul that he reached out and grabbed somebody on a layup. So uh, he gets his money's worth there too. You can't fault 
the effort of the clinic, and that's spelled with a K. You cannot. And he knows he knows all those tricks, doesn't he? All the tricks of the trade. But he was great tonight. He had a he had a good. The Jazz were really good tonight, outside of uh, Lowry Markkinen, and even he had thirteen boards. I mean, if you're if you're only going to go three of twenty two shooting and have thirteen points, uh, you might as well grab thirteen boards. Four of those were offensive. He had three assists as well, so contributed in other ways. But outside of that, uh, really, uh, everybody played well. And that's a major outlier for our Finnish friend. Because we have not Major. seen anything even close to that nope. all year long. Uh, all right, your sc- final score, Jazz beat the Hornets 119-111. to 111. We'll have more player sound for you coming up next. Uh, as uh, your postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com more. Straight ahead, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Wiz campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to le- uh, win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win 119 to 111. It's time for the Master of the Glass, presented by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Walker Kessler, had 16 rebounds to go along with the 17 points. And you know what I like about those 16 rebounds, Coach? Half of them came on the offensive side. Half of them came on the defensive side. Very equitable. Very equitable. What a Walker. balanced game from Walker. But eight offensive rebounds. That's a that's a great number. It's an absolutely great number. He only missed two shots, and they were on those two putback attempts. So really efficient night. Dominated the glass. Did such a great job at thwarting Charlotte at the rim. And the Jazz just pummeled uh, Charlotte in every respect. But certainly on the glass, 60-43. to 43. And then we talked about the rim numbers. So chalk another one up for uh, for Walker F. Kessler, Esquire. Esquire. He's a he's an attorney now. Well, for me. <laughs> in, my, in my little vision of him, yeah. He's like uh better call Saul. He's got a he's got kind of a dingy office like that. All right. With that in mind, let's get back to Charlotte. It's time to hear from the man himself here is Walker Kessler. Sweet. Early starts. Starts with defense, and you've been a big part of that. And again, you guys were kind of rinse and repeated from what you happened in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I think the guys are doing a great job on the defensive schemes. Um, and obviously, our staff has done an unbelievable job on scout. You know, we have a great game plan going into every game. Uh, rebounding tonight was huge. 
60 boards equals second chance points and your offensive side of the rebounds were outstanding. Yeah, no question. You know, we got a lot of size on our team, uh, a lot of guys that aren't afraid to crash the boards. So, you know, we, we dominated tonight on that, on that end. What do you think's going on right now? Do you guys feel cohesive, comfortable with each other? THT, I'll get to him in a minute, but wow, it looks like just a, a team that finally has a bit of a groove going. Yeah, I mean, I, I love these guys. Um, you know, I love the staff, I love the fans, but I mean, these guys are my brothers, and it's been it's been so much fun. But THT, what did you see as a player? As T and I calling the game was outstanding, but what did you see on the floor that opened the, the door for him? I mean, he's just, he was making everything, man. Uh, I'm so happy for him. You know, he works his tail off. Uh, you know, to see him, those shots fall, and the, the way he played, you know, the, the way he's taking that role and really just even dished it out. Um, Man, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch, man, a lot of fun. And you don't see a guy at 6'6", and he said now he's down to 237, but move and and just feel comfortable left to right and finishing at the bucket. I mean, and plus his three ball is starting to find more confidence. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. You know, you don't see a guy that size to, to move like that. So, I mean, he's, he's a unique player, an unbelievable player. Um, just so happy for him. Right, Skywalker, on to Miami. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> there you go, Walker Kessler. Skywalker. You know, like that from our guy Bowler. He's going uh, back. Yeah, not uh, not bad. You know, this this may just be uh, something that I notice from from doing this job. But you know what I like about him? He likes talking about his teammates. He likes talking about other players and and playing well. That's that's not always true. Having interviewed a lot of a lot of athletes, uh, I'll tell I'll tell you a funny story real quick. Paul Millsap. There was a game years ago where Paul Millsap won the game for the Jazz in Miami, and. Uh, they're coming up in Miami on uh, on Monday night. I think it was a Le- when LeBron was still in Miami. I, I could be wrong about that. But the but Paul Millsap, a last-second shot. I mean, he had 30-some-odd points. He won the game for But Kirilla <laughs> Fasinko had maybe his lone good game in a Jazz uniform. I don't even remember what his line is. But they went to interview him in the postgame, and they asked him about Paul Millsap. He said, what are you talking about? The story of the game was Gorilla Fisico. I'm here to talk about Gorilla, and everybody kind of chuckled because it sounded funny. But he really was kind of saying, "Hey, I had a good game here. Why aren't we talking about me?" Silly example, but not all players really enjoy talking about their teammates and when they have good games and those sorts of things. And and uh, yeah, Walker Kessler, it, when he says he enjoys being here and enjoys playing with this group, I I believe him. Yeah, and you see it the way he plays. Gives his body up. He's certainly in the gym getting better. You know, I think that's indicative of being a great teammate. But, um, you know, the very first thing that David talked about was, hey, you had a great game, 16 and 17, but we're going to talk about the we're guy who had 37, 10, and 9. <laughs> and, and he would say, hey, let's, let's, let's do, do it. it. And he was completely happy. And you could tell Walker Kessler's the kind of guy you want on your team. And you don't want to play against him because of his ability. But you want him on your team because I think he is – in every respect, he checks the box. Great teammate, great player, um, great person, and across the board, that that'll translate into a pretty successful person over time. Eleven of twenty-seven, Tim. That's what Charlotte was at the rim tonight. That's right, and a huge. You know, we used to talk about that all the time with Rudy. Um, it's interesting because he doesn't. Walker doesn't quite thwart the shots. You know, guys are still in that mode where they're going to go up and challenge him. Uh, we saw it, you know, toward the end with Rudy, where guys would drive the lane and just, just circle stop. back out. Yep, we'll see um, that with Walker, but eventually. we will. Yeah. Uh, but definitely having an impact on what actually goes through. And the other night, he might have one of the best blocks again with his left hand. He's able to do 
uh, to block with both hands. And again, his offensive arsenal is still there. He's going to be a guy who makes threes in this league. Rudy may not uh, be here anymore, but I still think they need to come up with a stat category for drove the lane, got frightened, and retreated. Because <laughs> Rudy had so checkpoint. so many of those, yeah. And we'll see it with Walker too, because you're right. You know, he's still a rookie and he's you know, rookie rep and all that. Maybe he hasn't been fully scouted, but I mean, he's blocking shots at just a crazy rate. And that that number you you keep bringing up, eleven to twenty seven, is just nuts. And so I, I think he'll start getting whatever that stat category is. I think he'll start racking those up too. Or you know, we we watched it for years. The best players in the league got into the lane, said. No, I don't like looking bad on TV and turned around and, and retreated. We saw it all the time. Yeah, it's no doubt. And he's having that impact. So it's his rookie year. Very first year we've been able to get to see him, and he's made all of these strides. And there's so much joy in that journey for everybody involved. Three more block shots tonight. Racking them up. Kessler. And uh, let's see here. I just want to bring up his regular season total, 2.3 per game. And if you give me a minute, I'll bring up NBA block shot leaders. But uh, that's pretty amazing, considering uh, you know the the Jazz, or at least, uh, I certainly came into the season thinking that they were void of big men, and certainly weren't going to have a rim defender of high caliber. And that is not the case. Something else he's really good at is you saw it late. He missed two shots on the stat sheet, but it's because he is so quick after he misses the first one, or if he does miss the first one, to get it back and already be into that second shot. That's something, if you remember, with Rudy, took time. Yeah. Because Rudy would grab it, and then he'd have to get on balance. Uh, Walker really has a head up there in terms of timing, his offensive timing, his ability to kind of get that second uh, and third attempt or follow his own is really, really impressive. So the block shot leaders this season, uh, pretty interesting right now. Uh, Number one in the league, and he's running away with it. Jaron Jackson Jr., who is a terrific defensive player, all-star, 3.2 blocks per game, great number. Nick Claxton there in Brooklyn is next at 2.6. This next group is pretty bunched up. Brooke Lopez, third at 2.5 from Milwaukee. Miles Turner, fourth for Indiana, 2.4. And then Walker Kessler at fifth, or in fifth, excuse me, at 2.3 blocks per game. Man, he could climb. he could climb the ladder still. In these last 15 games, I don't know. I mean, only being a a percentage point behind Miles Turner, two behind Brooke Lopez. I mean, he could climb up to second or third in the league in blocks, which would be incredible. But the drop off, <laughs> excuse me, between fifth and sixth, pardon me, uh, Walker Kessler to Joel Embiid is 2.3 blocks down to 1.6. So he's he's right there in the group of elite NBA shot blockers as a rookie. He could be top. Three, by the time the season is over, and was just a you know a guy like we talked about. We all talked about the draft picks, uh, but was a really big piece in hindsight to the summer acquisitions. Uh, much like THT, you know, became kind of the theme of the game. Uh, he, Jazz were able to acquire him for Patrick Beverly, so I, I do believe again two more pieces of information would say this front office does a great job of getting talent and understanding what players will fit uh, in the system. And so that, that trend continues, but we're going to, we're on the front end of a really fun uh, career with this Walker Kessler. And Rudy has uh, Rudy Gobert has 76 total block shots this year. Coach Walker Kessler has 143. Wow. That is insane. 
Almost double what Rudy. And Minnesota's doing different things defensively up there than Rudy did here. And I don't want to, uh, you know, turn this into a uh, uh, criticize Rudy segment because no, that's just, not really the point. I don't it's think more it's critical. I think it's lauding what Walker it's is. It's more how good Walker yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty amazing. For sure. So he's fourth, by the way, in the league in total blocks. He's actually ahead of Miles Turner, but has uh, obviously played more games. And I'll also add to that what you said in the very first segment what you talked about what the jazz did in the summer and called it revolutionary and you're like ah, i don't know if that's the best word in hindsight it is a it is the best word because th- what they basically did was they took two known entities in this league not just known but really high level known entities and they moved on them and what we're seeing is what they got back for them you know i'm not talking you know, this is not a donovan verse lowry but what they got back in total and what they are able to kind of now as they you know, unpack all of this, what they're able to do now is they've got, they've got way more depth. They've got way more leverage. They've got, you know, still high level players, but maybe the guys with the skill level and such that fit going forward. So um, again, just, this should be a study or a paper done on the move because I think it was that good. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win 119-111 over the Hornets. We'll have more for you coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. to the reaction here from the coaches the players as well as the coach tim lacombe it's the mark miller utah jazz postgame show here's jake scott jazz postgame jake scott coach tim lacombe postgame brought to you by mark miller subaru and the my subaru is campaign real stories from real mark miller subaru customers share your subaru story for a chance to win prizes learn more and share mark miller subaru.com real quick uh, coach the jazz did win tonight 119 to 111 uh, but uh, let's see. There's three minutes to go. Oh, this has got to be a – hold on. Let me update this thing. We said we were going to keep an eye on the uh, Atlanta-Boston um, game uh, tonight because uh, Quinn Snyder coaching. It is a final. Uh, the Celtics win 134-125. to 125, But we were just watching uh, some heated highlights and no call, kind of a kerfuffle involving Trey Young. But uh, they had a shot of Quinn Snyder – Riding the official coming up the floor with some choice language, and I thought, ah, the coach hadn't lost it. He said, "That's firebrand. That's firebrand. It's still the same old Coach Snyder." But anyway, the the reason we were following that we said in the pregame, I think we're all following Coach to see how he does in in Atlanta. The Atlanta's not a bad roster, but has not been an overachieving team since they went to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. So. Curious, but they lost tonight to the Celtics, one thirty-four to one twenty-five. The Jazz did not lose, however. They beat uh, Charlotte, one nineteen to one eleven. And man, that Charlotte team was not good, Coach. We have we've seen the Jazz play some teams that are at the bottom of the standings over the last couple of weeks. And you know, I kind of like what I saw from Orlando. I'm not saying that they're terrific, but I can I can see what they're working with. I kind of like what I saw 
from Oklahoma City. I still don't like what I saw from San Antonio, even though they ended up beating the Jazz that night. But I don't, I don't know what Charlotte's doing. I realize they were missing a lot of their dudes tonight, uh, but man, the Jazz were a lot better, more talented team than the Jazz, uh, than than Charlotte. And I don't know if if Lamelo Ball himself makes that much better, or Magic Johnson for that matter. Really, yeah. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> but in reality, I think that yeah, every team we've watched has at least competed pretty hard. That was a really bad effort by Charlotte. I mean, the Jazz got wherever they wanted, lived in the lane and at the rim. Um, to have THT go off on you like that with no answer. They literally had no answer. Um, it's It kind of shows you what, you know, getting into that tanking, if you get in it too long, you lose your identity. You know, you're kind of, do these games really matter? And it just, it's hard to break that cycle. I think that's what has made what the Jazz have done this year to be able to get the talent. Um, but also be competitive. You know, this win puts them back in the 10 spot for the time being. So they're in the play on play in game again. Um, you know, and all this with multiple guys moved. So that culture piece that we've talked about from the beginning, I think it constantly, if you watch the league close enough, it shows that that is a vital, important piece to, you know, preserve, even if you're not going to be a playoff team. And when I, when I watch kind of some, some of these lackluster, uh, crowds in charlotte it's it's really kind of disappointing because and, and jamil's lived out there and you've been in that part of the country coach they love basketball i mean they they are thirsting to support that franchise i guarantee you because basketball is huge in north carolina obviously it's huge i mean michael jordan is revered in north carolina and it's too bad that they can't put the pieces together to be a functioning franchise, even like they were back in the, uh, unfortunately, George Shin days, you know, back with uh, Larry Johnson and Lonzo Morning. I say unfortunately because he was just a dreadful owner. But uh, but don't you agree, Jamil, having, having lived there? They they want to support this franchise. If Yeah, big time. They just don't give them anything to cheer for. Yeah, it's too bad. But they got a long way to go. And I don't think Gordon Hayward's part of their answer. No, he's. They're actually looking at the uh, perhaps exit plan. For they Florida. tried so hard to move him at the deadline, and we looked up his his contract stuff just for a refresher during the pregame. So he makes around thirty million bucks this year. He's going to make thirty one next year, but you know what? Next year at least he's an expiring contract, so they might have a chance to move him. But man. Not, he's not he's not worth thirty million dollars currently. And it can just show you, you know, we were talking about this off air, but just how at one point his trajectory was so good and one little well not little, but a, a very monumental injury, but you know, one day out of his entire career really changed his his trajectory and maybe question maybe that's where questions come in where he, how much he loves the game, you know, anymore. He had to fight so bad to get back. So anyway, it's it's to me it's Again, it shows the foresight you have to have. If you're going to be in the front office, how long are we going to give this guy money? And how long are and and is it still relevant that he'll be helping the cause at that point? All those things you've got to you've got to consider when making deals. Well, that was not a good one. In hindsight, the uh, the Hornets signing Gordon Hayward. Correct. That was not a terrific deal, and he was not good tonight. Uh, what do you have, Coach? Eleven. 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 Yeah. But, uh, and and again, Charlotte missing their guys. This is an opportunity for someone like him to have like a big night going up against his old team. Eleven points and four of ten shooting, 
three boards, four assists, and just not effective? No, not at all. Again, it's age is cruel, you know, and and you can either kind of get out and fight it, and we've seen plenty of guys do that. But in Gordon's, you know, in this instance, it's just it, it's crazy the the amount of money he's making, and I just don't think he could even if he wanted to. You know, I'd, he's kind of more of a now spacer shooter guy. It's crazy. I won't forget that day he left that fine Fourth of July back in the day. Everybody panicked. Well, remember it was reported so badly because I think it was Chris Haynes who was with ESPN at the time reported it. And then everybody went into denial mode because Gordon apparently wanted to break it with his Players' Tribune letter. And just what a what a disaster. It was I mean, bad. What, you just can't control that. So you, when the word was out, the word was out. And, uh, yeah. You know, the Jazz learned some lessons from that. I'd I'd be really curious if I ever got a chance to to sit down and chat with Dennis Lindsay later in life. You know, everybody's removed from everything. You know, the lessons they learned from that situation. That was a that was a blow to the franchise. I mean, oh. they they were very fortunate, and and they made their own fortune, of course, uh, drafting trading for Donovan Mitchell, who was the perfect player for the perfect opportunity, and and the rest, as they say, is is history. And the franchise was very fortunate for that. But that that you know, six months before we knew what Donovan Mitchell was kind of going to become. I think there are a lot of people thinking. I remember hosting shows, Coach, where we were taking phone calls, and they were saying, Rodney Hood is going to be the guy now. The Jazz aren't going to miss a beat. And it was like, oh, I don't know if that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. pretty good. Ronnie's he's had a good run. But, yeah. No, it, it takes a lot of analytics, a lot of foresight. But I think what Ainge and his guys do, it's a lot of gut. I think they use their gut a lot. They use it well, and I think – the guys that use it better than others are around longer than others. Yeah. Uh, but the Jazz win tonight, uh, 119 to 111. Coach, let's get into the Chick-fil-A foul shot, review the game, download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A one app. The Jazz from the line tonight were a uh, very nice 18 of 20, 90%. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who, of course, is the story of the game, was 7 of 8 at the line. So you got seven of those 37 points right there. The charity stripe, 10 assists, eight rebounds for Taylor Horton Tucker tonight. What a game for him. Uh, but Larry Markinen didn't shoot particularly well, but he was good at the line. Six of six at the line. If you look at the Hornets, they were 14 of 15. And you know what? Not a surprise that they only shot 15 free throws, Coach, because as you uh, mentioned before, they, they were not aggressive. The effort, that was not a high-effort team tonight. Not a high-effort performance. No, and it's, uh, again, a credit to a how fun this jazz team's been. They, that's one constant with them. They may not always look the best, but they play hard, and that's translated. So it's a good win for the jazz. They come out of the you – know, Ben and I were talking on Thursday night that if they could win one of those two games, and they got them both. Orlando then turns around and beats Miami tonight. So crazy league. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. There's some total control right now. Directs traffic. They double him. Top to Olenek. Tries to get it down low to Kessler. Recovered by Horton Tucker. Five on the clock. Working Rozier. Crosses him over. Back between his legs. Wild step back. Fader and he hits. Oh, my goodness. Taylor Horton. Tucker is levitating as he goes back the other way. His feet no longer touch the ground. 27 for Taylor. He would go on to score 10 more, but that is your play of the game. Our guy, David Locke, and it's brought to you by Larry Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Yes, the Taylor Horton Tucker game, the THT game. 7 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, 14 of 24 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. And uh, he was great. He, even, he had a big dunk. He had a big lob. He did uh, He did it all. He levitated, man. He did levitate. I just had this visual as we came in. And, hey, nothing funny going on. We're just kind of wrapping up. And I had this, like, of Harry Potter, you know, some guy levitating across the the commons. You know what's so funny? And you know what? Locke uses levitate a lot. We love David. But you know the visual that comes up in my mind is... Uh, David Blaine? Is, no, is the uh, the great gazoo from the Flintstones. Did you ever watch the Flintstones? You know what I'm talking about? The great gazoo? Oh, yeah. Levitating? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's too uh, good. Anyway, yeah. I got caught up in the levitation. Uh, Talon was great. 37-10. And eight, they they must have taken a rebound away from him in the in the final box as this box score has gone final. But uh, thirty seven ten and eight, and uh, was this was his best game in the Jazz uniform. And and he's had other good games, but but this clearly was that. And I'm glad they took a rebound because it doesn't make it hurt so bad that he like, was just he one board more. short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it a little easier, I suppose. But what a game! I mean, man, what a game. And he he really was. He was unstoppable. Whoever the, the Hornets put out there on him, I mean, really, poor Terry Rozier just it took uh, took a beating tonight. He, he he had a tough night. He did. And, to your, you know, there's a big difference in those two. You, you stand them up one against another. Uh, Talon's going to win most bouts. And I think tonight his constant attack and, you know, really his, his leaning on him. He wore him down. Yep. Didn't it? It did. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the uh, you can tell, you look at the plus minuses tonight. The Jazz um, entire starting lineup was plus 17. All five plus 17. And you go into the bench, and uh, it's a little different story. Minus 13 for Fontecchio, minus 11 for Gay, minus 9 for Jones, minus 9 for Dunn, minus 10 for Juzang. But it's funny, you look at Charlotte, and it's exactly the opposite. And it shouldn't be a surprise the Jazz bench after the trade and with injuries is is not real deep. Uh, but the, the starting lineup played well tonight, played well together. And uh, no doubt that uh, the piece is probably going to be on this team, not probably, but going to be on the team really going forward were the ones who, who were uh, playing most of the minutes tonight. Yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch. Again, I think the Jazz went through a little bit of a spell with a bunch of new guys and everybody getting acclimated and on the same page. But... We've seen with Coach Hardy's teams, you know, once they are on the same page, I think the expectation is pretty clear. And um, tonight was felt like the other night the Jazz were in total control most of the night, you know, all night really tonight. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah I mean, 
They were up, what, uh, what, 9, 10 at the half? And then up as many as 20 in the third quarter. I mean, the... It was a it was a beatdown. The Jazz were outscored in the fourth, thirty to twenty two. But at that point, I mean, the bench was playing, and they had to bring in some guys there toward the end, I suppose, to keep it at arm's length. But never really in doubt. Um, we mentioned Taylor's thirty seven, ten and eight. Walker Kessler had seventeen points, sixteen rebounds, and three block shots tonight. He was excellent. Kelly Olynyk seventeen points, six rebounds. Lowry Markkinen struggled to shoot, but did other things well. He was three of twenty-two from the field, one of nine from three. But he was six of six at the line, thirteen points, three assists, and grabbed thirteen rebounds. Four of those coming on the offensive side. Ochai Obaji tonight, uh, ten points off Jazz, all five Jazz starters in double figures. Jazz got nine from Fontecchio, seven from Dunn. Uh, coming in off the bench, Dunn also added five assists in sixteen minutes. So you certainly like to see that. Um, for the Hornets, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., 24 points to lead the way for them. Terry Rozier uh, added 22. P.J. Washington with 18. And we talked about Gordon Hayward, who had 11 points. Dennis Smith Jr. with 13 points coming in off the bench. But the Jazz uh, thoroughly beat Charlotte tonight. As you mentioned earlier, this is a big number. Out-rebounded the Hornets 60-43. to 43. Whew. I went to that every single time as a coach, that number first. And I loved when that was just a dominant number. You know, that game tells you that game was, uh, you know, the Jazz won by further. But as you said, a bunch of the guys that are now subbing in and playing rotational minutes, um, it's their first crack at the apple. You know, they're getting their first chance. in Juzang's learning on the fly. So it, it's it's awesome to see what the what the team's able to be to do together right now. They're uh, won two games in a row, got off to Schneid of losing, and – this long trip continues to Miami. All right, Coach, let's get a few uh, final thoughts on this one before we uh, we put it to bed and uh, we turn Jamil loose on the town for a Saturday night. Well, we've wondered all year long who's THT. Um, and I think the story, uh, as we've gone and been able to see more and more, you see a ton of upside. You see a young guy who loves to play. And tonight kind of all came together for him, one of those memorable nights for him. I know he's it's not his career high, but – at least here in Utah, it hasn't been anything like that. So uh, happy for him. Walker Kessler continues to just dominate. And the thing that probably stands out to me the most about tonight, Lowry did not shoot the ball well, but it didn't feel like that. No. You know what I mean? He, he wasn't out there hunting shots. He wasn't forcing shots. He took his shots that he takes all the time. And tonight, for whatever reason, the way the wind was blowing in there was different than other nights, but he just stayed with it, stayed the course, and other guys picked him up. Found ways to contribute. And uh, they got to win despite it. I mean, there's been so much talk about how Lowry, you know, the all-star carrying the team and all that sort of thing. And I think that's all true. But he's he is uh, uh, gets a night off every once in a while. You know what I mean? He, you know, the all-star gets a night where he, he shoots three of 22 and it doesn't quite go his way. But the good news is, is it didn't – other guys stepped up. It didn't sink the team. They, they, have, they had other things to go to tonight, and I, I think that says something. Yeah, that's the culture they're trying to build. Now it's just going to be continuing to acquire monumental pieces as you go. And I think what we've seen is a, a nice stable of guys that play well together. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who uh, helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Lock and Boone, appreciate the work they did. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to uh, Mike Smith 
Oh, no thanks to Mike. Mike didn't jump on with us in the pregame. Never mind. He doesn't uh, get it. Still, a, we thank the He man. doesn't get a thank thanks you. Thanks for being you, Mike. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. The My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe, thank you very much, my friend. Always good to see you. Enjoy your day off. You too, man. Enjoy your, your Sunday. I hope you're, you know what? I hope you're doing nothing. I hope you're just chilling. I'm going to chill. Maybe strum that guitar a little bit and have yourself a day. And hang with the kids. I like it. All right, Jazz win over the Hornets tonight, 119-111. to 111. Up next, the Jazz take on the Heat in Miami on Monday night. That game will tip off at 5.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 4.30. You've been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.